Hello, my friends. I'm Jonica, and this is the Build Your Bakery podcast, where each week I bring you topics that help you start and grow your bakery. I've built a multi-six-figure business around baking, and if there's one thing I can say about my 27 years in this industry, it's that boy, oh boy, have I learned lessons along the way. The Build Your Bakery podcast is all about sharing that knowledge with you and helping you build your dream bakery. Welcome, my friends. Let's dig in. Welcome back to the Build Your Bakery podcast. In this episode, we're talking about part two of the 15 things that you need to do to start a bakery. In the last episode, we talked about numbers one through seven, and today we're going to pick up with number eight. Number eight is obtain your equipment and your supplies. Now, this seems like it's straightforward, but there's a lot of things that you need to think about and consider. What kind of baking equipment are you going to need? Investing in high quality and reliable baking equipment is a must, but I don't recommend that you take on a lot of debt to do this. You can get high quality, good items at the level that you need to start without spending a fortune. You need to look at packaging materials. Your packaging is part of your brand. It should be appealing and functional. It should keep your baked goods safe and fresh. And you'll need items in this category like boxes, bags, labels, etc. The third thing is going to be your ingredients. The quality of your ingredients can directly affect the quality of your finished product. The quality of your ingredients can directly affect the quality of your finished product. Yes, I said that twice intentionally. Do not skimp on the quality of your ingredients. It makes a difference in the outcome. There are some things that you can use. You can get some different variables on where you're getting it from and what branding you use, but make sure you test these. When I test something new, I always go with the highest quality that I possibly can so that I know my product is going to come out the best possible. The next one is going to be your tools. Don't forget the smaller tools. These are essential in your bakery. Things like your measuring tools, your mixing bowls, your spatulas, your whisks, they should be durable and able to withstand heavy use. If you're baking at home and you're stepping out into a brick and mortar, you're going to drastically improve and increase the amount of people that come through there. So you're going to need more of a commercial style in your small tools than what you needed at home. And it's okay to start with some of those and then upgrade as you go along. They're going to break on you. If you're using something over and over again that's a lower quality spatula, it works just like something else does. It's just not going to work as long term. So you don't have to go in and go into a lot of debt to get them all up front. You can do it over time. Just make sure that you start choosing those tools and picking those things out so that you know what you can do as you go along to build this. Next thing that you're going to need, number nine on our list, is purchasing liability insurance. A lot of people think that insurance is just very expensive, but I'm going to encourage you to check with somebody that's local to you. Tell them what you're starting. Tell them about your bakery. Tell them about the employees that you're going to have, the amount of hours you're going to have in your building, and they'll get you a quote. What you need is a general liability something that's going to cover um, third-party bodily injury and property damage that can occur at your bakery, that makes sure that you're covered and that you're not going to lose anything personally if something happens. You have a product liability insurance that can protect you if a customer gets sick or injured from consuming your products. The third thing is going to be workers' comp, and this is going to be dependent on your state 
Different states have different regulations. I believe in Alabama, if you have more than five employees, you're required to have a workers' comp insurance. So you can check with your state. Your local insurance agent will know that and make sure that if you're required to have it, that you go ahead and get it up front. You you don't want to face the fines and penalties if you start that and you're supposed to have it and you don't. The next one is going to be to protect your commercial property. This can protect you from losses due to things like fire, theft, natural disasters. If you're renting your space, they have a policy that's specifically for renters that covers your equipment. And then the person who owns the building, they will have their own insurance for the actual building. But you want to make sure that you have something that covers your loss and that you can start your business again and cover some of your losses for while you're closed if you have this. Your local insurance agency is a very good starting point. They're going to understand your needs. Um, even if they don't offer the specific insurance you need, they can often recommend other reputable providers. And a local agent's going to give you more personalized service. They're going to understand local laws and requirements, and they're going to be more accessible to you. So I would highly recommend you starting local when you're looking for something like that. All right, number 10. Number 10 is develop a menu. Now, this one is big, okay? Number 10, number 11, and number 12, I actually have larger trainings on inside the membership. I also have these available on our buildyourbakery.com. You can purchase them individually or you can purchase them as a set. There's a workbook that goes with it. And the reason is because I use this in my coaching week. If there's anything that you ever get from me, it's these three topics, developing a menu, costing your recipes and pricing your recipes. I'm going to go through some of it here, but I would very, very much encourage you to go through that training very in depth and make sure that you have a grasp on all three of these things because they are going to probably be the number one factor in your business and the longevity of your business. So for developing a menu, you need to know your target market. You need to research the local market, understand their preferences, Review their dietary needs. Consider whether or not you're going to offer gluten-free, vegan, low sugar, or other specialty options. You want to showcase your specialties on your menu and what makes your baker unique. Perhaps it's your family recipe or a creative twist on a classic, but your menu is going to highlight these items and set your bakery apart from your competitors. The next point on here is you want cost-effective recipes. You want to consider the cost of your ingredients, the time it takes to make each item, and the price that you can reasonably charge for it, and aim for a mix of those high and low-cost items to balance out your profit margins. You also need to consider managing your inventory efficiently. A good rule is that if you're adding a new ingredient, it should be used in at least three recipes. So when you're designing this menu, don't put just one thing on it that requires something completely different than everything else because you're not going to be able to buy that product in bulk and turn it enough, make enough profit on it. You're actually going to end up losing money. You need that ingredient to go in at least three of your recipes. Then you want to taste and refine your menu. And your presentation, you want to make sure that your photographs and your everything that you're doing presents that to your customer in a way that they want to eat it. They It pulls them in and they want to taste it. Use descriptive words that make them taste it through the picture. And there again, I would highly encourage you to go through the training program because what I do for the menu building is I take you through an exercise that helps you flesh out every aspect of your menu. 
It makes you think about things that you wouldn't normally think about, other variations that you can have to really flesh that out and build a well-rounded menu. Number 11, costing your recipes. This is a big one, y'all. This is a really big one. Most people that start small, I started small. I started in the kitchen at my house, okay? We think, okay, what somebody says, what will you charge me to make this two-tier cake? Well, you think, okay, I went to the grocery store and I bought these items. They cost me $15. And then I bought these items to go on it. They cost me $18. Well, I'm at $33, right? Didn't take me all that long to put it together. $33, I'm going to charge them 50 bucks. No, 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 and no. What I want you to do is I want you to go through the training that I have for costing your recipes because I have spreadsheets, I have formulas. It's going to tie all of that together. I have you cost your recipe all the way down to the eggs. Yes, one egg makes a difference because over the course of a year as you scale, those eggs are going to cost you a lot of money. If I could tell you what I spend in my bakery and eggs a year, it would just blow your mind. Every one of those small ingredients matter. We're also going to go through the labor. I teach you how to account for the time that you spent designing them, purchasing the ingredients, preparing, baking, packaging your product. We take all of those things and I teach you how to get a bakery hourly rate. You need this for everything you do in your bakery. We talk about the overhead, the cost of your utilities, your rent, your equipment, depreciation, other expenses divided over the amount of product produced in that time frame so that you're not missing any cost. We talk about the packaging, the cost of your boxes, your bags, your labels, any other packaging material that you use. And then we talk about indirect cost, costs such as cleaning supplies, fuel for the vehicles used to purchase the items, all of those things that we don't normally think about that make a difference. They make a difference whether you're baking from home, they make a difference from where you have 3,000 square feet in a brick and mortar. They're really important. So the formula to calculate the total cost of your recipe is the total time spent times that bakery hourly rate, which I teach you how to get, plus your total cost of goods. In this training, we talk about the cost of goods and what actually goes into that versus other costs and how that equals your total product cost. Then after I've taught you how to do all of those things, we talk about pricing it. You cannot price something unless you have a true cost for what's in it. Because if you know what it's costing you, it's going to drastically affect how you charge for it. And friends, let me tell you, it's not a popular opinion, but family and close friends are the worst when it comes to asking you to make something. They're the worst, not necessarily from their expectations, although a lot of them have the expectation for you to do it for free or just for what you think the cost is for you to go and get these items. But we also have a mental block against charging these people the proper amount for them because the biggest mental block here is taking your time and valuing your time. We have a hard time giving that out to other people. We have a hard time charging people that are close to us what our time is worth. But you cannot build a business if you don't charge what your time is worth. It's not worth it to stay up late on a Friday night, miss time with your family, or stay up all night because you were doing family things and going to ball games and doing the things that your kids have to do 
then you spend your time all night making it for it to go out the door. And in the end, you didn't make any money on it. It's heartbreaking. And over time, it will wear you down. If you will understand your true cost in this, then when we start to price your products, it's so much easier because then you can say no to that person or you have confidence in telling them what the price is because you know anything less, you're giving it away. You're paying to make that cake for Susie down the street. And that's not fair to you. You have to be able to make money going forward. What are you doing this for? You're doing it to build a better life for you, a better life for your family, to build your dream. And you can't do that if you don't charge people the proper amount. As you can tell, that gets me on a soapbox, okay? It will not be the last time you hear that from me. So when you're talking about pricing your products, we take that base rate, we take your total cost of goods, which is a real cost, and we calculate a base price for a cake. Then once you have that base price, you can add things like the fondant logo or the topper that you had to buy or the three colors that they wanted or the four colors that they want the layers inside. All of those add cost and time. And you can use that same bakery hourly rate to price those cakes and know that when you come out of it in the end, you're making money and you want to avoid undercutting that true cost. And I can help you do that. All right. Number 13 is marketing your bakery. So you need to be able to craft an effective marketing strategy that's more than just advertising products. You can use social media marketing. It is so popular. It is so powerful. Social media is a power that you need to leverage. You need to regularly post photos of your products, share stories of the baking process, and engage with your followers. I go through all of this on the buildyourbakery.com. Go and download that free worksheet for audience building. You'll find the social media information in there as well. Local advertising. Traditional local advertising can still be very effective. Consider running ads in your local print. They are going to reach a demographic that social media is not going to reach. Sponsor local events. Having a booth at your farmer's market, having a presence in your community is going to stretch far and wide in places that you won't even see. You can use partnerships to market your bakery by forming strategic partnerships with local businesses such as other cafes, restaurants, or venues. Venues are very popular and a very good strategy for partnerships because they get your ideal customer before you do sometimes, and they can work with you and refer those people to you as well. Product sampling. This is a big one. Get your product in people's mouths. Get your product in people's mouths. It's an excellent motto for your bakery, okay? This is what you need to do. If your product is as amazing as you know it is, get it in somebody's mouth because that's what's going to bring them to you. And you can do this serving your community. Take out of your head, you already know by this point, you've done the training, you've gotten the true cost for what your cookie cost you, And you know that, say, that cookie costs you 78 cents to make. You know that you're willing to give 78 cents to get that customer. Use it. Put it in their hands. Put it in their mouths. Let them, if you're at a farmer's market, one of the ladies inside my membership, she took what I said and immediately implemented it. And she gets email address after email address after email address. And that is very valuable to her business. It's very valuable to your business. They scan the QR code, they give their email, they get a free cookie. 
And it only cost her the cost of her cookie to get that email address. And now she has that customer. She doesn't spam them. She gives them good information about where she is, and they appreciate that. She's serving them by doing that. You want to celebrate other businesses? When a business opens in your community, celebrate by offering products. Our local chamber of commerce puts out a list of people that are doing ribbon cuttings each week. We take a box and drop it off, and it's us serving them. We're welcoming them to the community. We're wishing them well on their business. And it also puts our product in their mouth. So then they come looking for us. But we didn't ask for anything in return. That's us serving our community. We are serving them. How many people give things away now and don't ask for anything? Very few. So by us doing that, we're already leaving a good taste in their mouth. No pun intended, but it's kind of cute. And those people will come back to us time after time. They'll remember that. The last one on my list is serve your community. And that's something that I've talked about in all of these. View your bakery as a service to your community. Your products bring joy and they contribute to your local economy. Take pride in that. Once you know your true cost and you charge for what you're worth, that money goes back into your economy. You're getting that money. Your family's benefiting from it. Other local businesses are benefiting from it. So it's well worth the effort in spending the time getting that information and helping you move forward because pricing is very difficult for all of us, okay? And once you have those prices down and you know what your cost is, it's going to help you market your bakery better as well. All right, number 14, you want to complete your requirements and inspection. The final stages of setting up your bakery involve meeting necessary requirements and passing inspections. This is what we talked about in the very beginning. By now, you've had the health department come out and tell you what you need to do or whoever your local authority is on that. They've come out. They've told you what you need to do. You've done it. Now you need to call them back out, have your final inspection, and they're going to give you the okay to open. It's a wonderful feeling, and it's also very scary. So you're going to set up a checklist, and that checklist needs to include all the permits, all your licenses, your inspections required to operate the bakery, any food safety certifications. Here we use ServeSafe. ServeSafe is a very intense program that teaches food safety, and there are a couple of different levels on it. Here in Alabama, you have to have someone who is ServeSafe certified in your establishment at all times. So that's something that you need to know before you're actually opening your doors. So make sure that you have that on your checklist. Building permits, fire and safety inspections, all the things that we talked about in the beginning. And then you want to assign dates to each of those tasks to help you stay on track and complete everything in a timely manner. Those local regulations, preparing for those inspections, get all of that set up. And once they start coming out and doing those, you're checking those off of your list. Do not set your open date until you have these done, because inevitably somebody's going to throw a kink into your timeline somewhere. So go ahead and get those set, get the people out to inspect them, then set your opening date. And then once you're okay to open and make product, you can make the product, you can market your opening date, and you can get open. All right, setting your open and your launch date. That's what I was just talking to you about. Choosing the perfect date gives you ample time to finalize any of those preparations, but it also falls at a time that's likely to attract a good crowd. So you want to think about the area that you're in. Do you have a lot of stay-at-home moms? Is that your ideal customer? Do you have a lot of people who work outside the home? Is that your ideal customer? Are you around 
courthouses that are local that you want to appeal to that clientele? Are you around hospitals? What's around you in your community and where are you drawing your customers from? Because this affects choosing your date and your time for the most people to be able to come into your facility. You want to build anticipation, start promoting your opening date well in advance, use all the marketing channels that we talked about in step 13, and build that anticipation. Share behind the scenes photos of the things you're making, countdowns, details about special opening day promotions. When I opened, we gave away, actually we did it on our first anniversary, we gave away free chicken salad for a year. I do it every year on our anniversary and I have people lined up down the sidewalk. And there's no strings attached. All they have to do is show up in line and it's to our first, usually our first 50 customers. I think last year I moved it down to 30 just because of the enormous amount of what we had going and coming in a day. So our first 30 customers now get free chicken salad for a year. And the way I do that, and let me tell you, it shocks people. It delights them and they are here for it and they love it all year. So what I do is I create a product inside my Shopify. Shopify is what I use for my POS system. And it tells me how many people have that chicken salad, how many purchases they make in a year. They get their free scoops. So let me back up. The first thing that they get, the first person in line gets a pound a week per year. We sell it by the pound. We sell it by the scoop. We put it on sandwiches. The first person in line gets a pound a week for a year. Number two through number five, they get a pound a month a year. Then number six through number 30 or whatever number we decide to do, they get two scoops a month per year. No strings attached. They have a little card they check off. They bring it into us. They can walk in and get their two scoops and walk right back out. That's totally fine. But I have usually one to two a year that do that. Everybody else loves it so much they make a purchase. So I have two products set up in my Shopify, one that is their free two scoops with purchase and one that is without. So when my people are ringing that up, it's helping me keep up with inventory, but I can look at the end of the year and see what was on that purchase and how much money it brought into my business just from that one promotion. And it's a lot, y'all. People love it and they appreciate the fact that they can just come in and get their two scoops if they want to. Most of them don't but at least they have that option. I'm not requiring something from them and it's huge. So set a grand opening event, set something that you can build anticipation to and I promise you it will pay off. Free cookies for a year sounds like a lot. When you narrow it down to a dozen a month for a year, you're only talking about 12 dozen cookies over the course of the year. And now that you've built your true cost into it, you know what it's costing you. And I promise you it's a lot less than any other advertisement that you'll do out there. Announce it loud and proud. It's a big deal. Don't be shy about celebrating your achievements. You have worked so hard to get to this point and you want to let everybody know how excited you are. They're going to be excited too. And then celebrate. Opening a bakery is such a significant achievement. It requires passion, hard work, and so much dedication. But it's something to be celebrated. So make a big party out of it. And I promise you, you'll do great. I'll see you soon, my friends. <music>